You're not giving me easy questions, man. I thought we're going to start with some casual conversations about, you know, uh, marketing and what, what B2B SaaS companies typically need. <laughs> nope, you know, I'm jumping so. in. We're going for it. <laughs> You're going for it. <laughs> yep. Okay, Mike. Cool. Good stuff. All right. Well, we have somebody new that's joining us today. Hey, guys. Brian Graff, he's a, an associate CMO here at Kalungi. He's been in the trenches <laughs> a few times. Since the beginning, yeah. And um, I guess today we were going to dive deep into our theory methodology around how much money B2B SaaS companies should be spending on marketing. I think it's one of the the more common questions we get and usually um, comes up in sales conversations and one of the most downloaded assets that we have um, on our website, one of the most popular tools we have is our budget calculator. Um, and so recently we've been kind of scrutinizing it, I guess a little bit and looking into where the numbers came from and how they apply uh, in different scenarios. And I think we, kind of came to the conclusion that while it's been really effective, there's a lot of variables that usually affect um, how much money you should be spending on your marketing function, um, especially in the early days. And there's so many different things that can impact it. So we started to, I guess, build a new version of it. And we're kind of in the throes of doing that. So we, we thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation about the different um, components that we've included in the new calculations and we're still kind of adjusting some of the variables but we think the the reasoning behind it is is uh, is pretty strong and won't change so I'm curious if you guys I don't know where we want to start this but yeah I mean it's kind of I mean thinking about the the budget that we created you know way back in the day or a year two years ago um, it served a, a definite need, right? And I think it still does. It it allows companies to to kind of think out, you know, what what pieces of the marketing function do I want to spend money on? How much do I need to? How can I forecast this into the future so that I can take an annual budget and take it into a month by month um, spend? And you know, we we put together some really useful things for it. I think one area where we were a little light, which we will definitely go into, is you know how much money do I actually need to spend? Um, and you know it's a pretty complex question, especially if we're going to put together a, a template that that is going to give advice to different companies with different nuances. And you know up until this point, it's only had about two inputs. I want to say right the your total ARR and your recurring revenue. And how long since your first paying customer? And from there, we have we have you know we've used our our intuition and you know our, our best practices to give you some estimations, but but it can only take you so far, right? Um, and so that kind of brings us to this point where we've really taken a step back. Um, and Mike Stein and I have really dove into <laughs> you know I wish you could see this this whiteboard that we're sitting next to, but there's there's exponents there's different variables. We're really taking a deep dive into this, so it should be fun. How did you go about that? What are, what are, sort of, what are the tools you're thinking that could be useful for people? Yeah, well, working on the calculations now, still getting those kind of like fine tunes. Um, but I think generally, 
Um, and, you're, it. and you're using existing um, data. customer data, yep, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're using, you know, we're, we're validating it with um, real data points from, from our customers um, and, and data that's out on the market. Um, I think un- until we have the final kind of ready, generally speaking, this isn't always the case, but the pers- like the the more mature your product is, the better product market fit you have, the less um, you need to spend on your marketing. The thinking behind this is that if you have a lot of referenceable accounts who, you know, like let's say 50% of your existing customers are great, like engaged advocates, as you would say, um, they're going to do a lot of selling for you because they're going to be the people that are advocating for you in Slack groups, on Facebook groups, in Quora, when people are asking the question, hey, what kind of software is best for X, Y, Z? They're going to be out there doing a lot of work for you. So um, you, you can you know, make sure to nurture those relationships, but you don't have to invest as much in creating, like finding more of those people because they'll do a lot of that work for you. Um, the market attributes, again, generally speaking, the the more mature your market is the more competitors you have let's say you know the more search volume there are for high intent keywords in your category or the more people that are in the the category that you belong to on captera g2 crowd um, the more you generally need to spend in order to compete to kind of carve out your little niche of the market because um it's more saturated more people are bidding on keywords uh the cost to get to the the top spot on Google ads is going to be a little bit higher. And so it sometimes takes a little bit more to, to kind of get your foot in the door there. Um, and then obviously the faster you need to move, the more you need to budget for and the less foundation you have, the more you're going to need to budget for. Does that answer your question? Kind of. Yeah, no, I think so. I think Mike, there's also a point and I don't know if we have a good, like a formula for that, but a couple of maybe rules of thumb that before you have X, Y, Z in place, you should probably not spend mm. like anything or not sure. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, both the, I think the maturity of the market or the category and the maturity of your own team. Sure. Um, yeah, that's probably um, before you've, I guess maybe even you've like hit uh, MVP. There is a, um, I do have a, there's a threshold in the calculator right now where if you, if your company attributes don't score high enough, it just tells you to keep building your product. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's a good point. Like if you don't have at least some kind of validation that you've found people who are willing to pay for your product and stay and recommend that others do the same, it might not be worth investing heavily in marketing yet because you might be going in the wrong direction until you can find at least a little bit of fit and then go investigate it further so that's a good point find a little bit of fit yeah (laughs) how did you get to the the first version of the budget calculator because that came from you stein yeah it's interesting you just mentioned brian the only two factors that we use today is the maturity of you as a, as a provider of a solution, right? How far have you gotten towards product market fit? And we use a very simple metric, right? Time since your first paying customer, which is definitely not very sophisticated. Uh, and then the other is a more common uh, input for you know 
companies to set a marketing budget. It's a percentage of revenue. And the challenge with that metric, of course, is that it's really useful for more mature industries, right? Percentage of revenue for, for example, consumer packaged goods might work, right? And the percentages are, by the way, also typically pretty small, right? A couple percent, maybe up to five, six percent is, is, is a pretty normal range. And that just does not really work for companies that have no revenue or very small revenues and, and they want to invest in growth. And there is no real good formula for that. You know, some startups spend 20, 30, 40 percent of their uh, revenue, if you calculate it like that, on marketing because they're doing, you know, a market share grab or they are trying to educate the market and creating a new category, which then you can argue is not even it's maybe not even appropriate to call that traditional marketing budget. It's, it's sort of the budget you need to create the category almost, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not necessarily using that to drive your funnel, you're, 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 you're driving the market. Um, yeah, so that mic is sort of where I think we originally tried to build some frameworks that, that people could use with, with a couple of simple inputs to at least get a get a baseline and then, and then we have a lot of of course line items who say hey you need to think about all these things that you need to do but yeah what we have worked on the last couple of weeks is super interesting these sort of four different types of inputs we we now are thinking of mm -hmm. yeah so the, the the categories are kind of we broke them down into the the first component which is like company attributes so things like your current ARR um, your ACV plays a big role in that and then the percentage of referenceable accounts that you have. So how many customers will, would give you five stars or if you called them up today would actually give you a glowing review and become a referenceable customer, a good testimonial on your website. Um, things like logo churn, if you've had any venture capital investment, because obviously if you have investment, you have a little bit more uh, ability to, to spend and kind of ramp things up quicker than if you're bootstrapped. Um, the second kind of grouping is the the growth targets, which was something that was not uh, in, encapsulated in the first version of the budget, which is super important. It's this idea of, you know, if you have really aggressive growth targets, it also means that you have to usually spend more to get there. So if you have a certain target to, to increase your ACV over the next 12 months and get a certain number of customers at that new ACV, um, your investment might be a certain level, but if you then switch that and say, I need to achieve that in six months, now it changes the conversation entirely. And you, you know, those two are, scenarios are very different from each other. Um, the, the third one is the, the market attributes. So it's how, uh, so the first kind of, the company attributes talks about your, your product and how you know, mature that is. And then the other component is the market, which is how mature the market is. So. Um, you can kind of think about it as we, we thought about it um, as a Jeffrey Moore's um, technology adoption curve. Um, so if you, if you kind of assign a, a status to your market, is it an innovation stage? Is it an early adoption stage? Have you crossed the chasm? Um, depending on where the market is, it may have a, a pretty decent impact on how much you need to spend. The idea being if you're in a more mature market, and there's a lot of competitors bidding on high intent keywords and there's a bunch of competition on Captera and G2 crowd, 
you might need to spend more on discretionary things like paid search or lead gen or sponsorships or uh, channel partnerships than you would if you were in a less mature category where you might be spending more things on or more money on things like um, educational content or you know bottom of funnel sales enablement materials for your sales team. Yeah, no, this is super interesting. I think Brian, you did a lot of thinking, or at least you you had to you had to deal with this a lot about also the size of the type of customers that you're targeting, yeah, impacting how you go to market, right? Mm -hmm. From very high touch versus more like inbound, etc. Yeah, I mean, as we've as Kalungi has matured and and you know worked with different companies, we've definitely seen that different styles of marketing work with different styles of company and we've kind of you know simplified it into you know company maturity market maturity and acv these three criteria really have given us a good viewpoint into what works for each category um what's interesting too i mean mike has talked to you through about company attributes and market attributes and how those kind of influence but when you look into average contract value you know it it seems logical, but um, but it's easy to to overlook. I mean, the higher the the higher your ACV, basically, the more you can spend to acquire your customers, right? And so that that number fluctuating really restricts or opens up the tactics that you can use to acquire acquire customers, and you know, really shifts the viewpoint of marketing from you know, am I am I going purely inbound at scale to make sure that, you know, I can keep those costs really low or am I supporting sales and, you know, whining and dining, maybe it's virtually now, uh, big ticket customers and, and very hyper-specific, hyper-targeted messaging towards the individual, not just a persona. Um, and so, you know, the, <laughs> these are all kind of variables that we've been taking into consideration, you know, as we're building this model. Yeah, one that's a really interesting dimension, and there might even be a fourth. I think that that Mike that you talked about speed, right? All these things can be a great starting point, and then you say, okay, if I need so many clients, and they will you know, generate this amount of revenue, and then this is what I can invest in marketing, etc. But if you need to do that in a year versus in three years, it completely changes um, the budget conversation, and it almost feels to me, Mike, that it's often the biggest challenge when someone asks you, yeah, sure. how much do I need? Because you don't really know how fast they want to go, right? It's kind of a, how do you call it, a locomotive and caboose. Like, where do you want to start? What's more important for you to get to a certain amount of revenue or to do it in a certain time frame? Right. And sometimes it's completely unrealistic if you don't have what you were saying, that existing kind of marketing foundation. Like, does your website work? Does it communicate your value prop pillars? Can you actually track metrics down the funnel? Do you have, you know, automated sales follow-up? Do you have some of those basics in place? And if you don't, then it also means like that three months might not be realistic. You have to tack on another few months on the front end of that, even to get to a, the place where you can start to make progress toward those, those goals. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I think we have sometimes gotten to a point where we say, hey, we should not spend anything on this yet because mm -hmm. it would be a waste. Right, because you don't really have any way to to track, optimize, follow up, or all those important things that that would make the money just not very um, well. Um, not a, it's not a good idea to use that um, 
Yeah, you can you can throw all the money in the world at at marketing, but if you don't spend time to really nail the the foundational elements of positioning, messaging, you know, branding, you're you're going to be wasting it. And to be clear, it's really foundational, not necessarily deep deep dives into everything. I think a lot of times when we have the conversation with companies who are interested in engaging with us, they're usually at a point where they're completely fatigued by agencies. They kind of, they come in, they say, I don't want to do the strategy workshop because we've done it four times and it hasn't amounted to anything. And it's totally understandable, right? Like, but I think some, you, you have to do at least a little bit of a, of a back step and understand where you're aiming before you can kind of like pull the, or fire the cannon, I guess. Um, and there are some of those pieces that you just have to do. You have to understand what your, you know, go-to-market strategy actually is. You know, it's easy to say we need to get, you know, increase ARR by 20%, but what does that actually mean? Are you going to prioritize upsells and cross-sells? Are you going to try to launch a product into kind of a new um, market? Are you going to kind of expand your beachhead in your current ICP? Are you developing new products? Like, those are all very different things that require a different mix of marketing activities. And you have to at least say those, like determine those things, get them on paper and get agreement from the leadership team. So everybody's on the same page. Um, and then from there, you have to understand the ICP and your personas and the pains and your value propositions and Again, it doesn't have to be extremely deep, but it, there has to be at least that foundation because otherwise, like you're saying, I think you're just going to waste, you're going to waste time. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely not fire the cannon if you don't know where to aim it, right? All right, and that's it for episode 20 of B2B SaaS Marketing Snacks. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. I really appreciate it. Um, I do realize that we didn't truly answer the question of how much you should be spending on your marketing function for your early stage company. Um, and the reason for that is that it really just depends on so many different things. Like the new, the new calculator we have has upwards of 10 different inputs. Um, and it's tough to give any kind of recommendation without knowing a good majority of those. So as a consolation, if, if you're interested in helping us kind of test drive it, uh, we are looking for a couple of companies to give us some, some additional inputs and we'd love to um, hear from you if that's something that you're interested in as we kind of wrap up the, the final adjustments on the calculations and, and build out the calculator in the next few weeks. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email at mikeatkalinke.com and love to have a conversation. And as always, if, if you feel like you're getting value from this content, we, we would appreciate it so much if you could share it with you know one of your colleagues or um, someone that you think could also get value from it. It's, uh, it's how we find new people to listen and how others find um, us. So uh, that's one thing that you can do to help us out. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen um, and let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And... Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks so much for joining and we will talk to you soon.